0: Hello, you, you are, are listening, listening to, to The Carol Connection, Connection, with, with your, your
1: host, Jared, Jared
0: Carol. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Carol Connection. I am your host, Jared Carroll Here to bring you guys another great episode. I did want to take a chance to shout out last week's episode, episode 98 with Gio de Pino alves he is a music producer as well as a podcaster. On that episode, we talked a lot about why he got into podcasting as well as traveling to California, living in a different environment, kind of the experience and value of doing that. We shared a similar experience. Obviously, I've always talked about it. I went to Texas and Georgia on the podcast. So we shared that similar experience in that aspect, and we talked a lot about that. Check it out the Carol Connection. Simplecast.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the major listening platforms. So, For today, before I get into the episode, I do want to say, obviously, tomorrow is Mother's Day. We're recording on a Saturday. You guys will hear this on Monday. Shout out to all the amazing mothers out there. I would not be the person who I am without my mom, my grandmother, my aunts, my uncles, like, well, uncles, that's not a woman. I can't believe I said that, but we're still rolling live. Um, Again, shout out to all the amazing women who are mothers. Appreciate you guys. So for today, episode 99, Juliana. Hi. For me and for the audience, could you pronounce your last name? Because I didn't want to butcher it. So we're just rolling with your, your first name. And obviously, it rolls with your Instagram. So it makes sense, guys. Don't, don't blame me.
1: <laughs> it's Kotava.
0: And that is Russian. Russian. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we'll dive into like your family dynamic next. But um, kind of tell the people who you are and what you're doing currently.
1: Okay. So I'm currently a student for naturopathy. Um, so I finished my natural health degree a couple months ago. Um, before that I got my bachelor's in pre-medical studies and I've always wanted to go to med school. Like that was my dream. It's just to be a doctor and to help people. And then some things changed and I decided to go the natural way. Um, so yeah, now I'm just doing that. I'm doing fitness and yoga and just, you know, nutrition. Perfect. (laughs) That's
0: right up the alley that we like to talk about in this podcast. And we'll dive into Mm -hmm. each of those aspects as we go throughout the podcast. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I like to open up with family dynamic um, specifically because it kind of lays the foundation for who we are. Um, this episode obviously is about yourself. So I like to dive in a little bit about that and obviously whatever you're comfortable, comfortable with sharing, I'll let you take the floor with that.
1: Um, okay. So I was born in Belarus. Um, we talked a little bit about that. Um, I moved here when I was about seven with my mom. Um, I remember only coming with a duffel bag that we still have (laughs) and, um, Now I have seven, six siblings, so I'm the oldest out of seven. Um, Let's see.
0: When did you uh, move from Belarus to the United States? When I was seven. Seven, okay.
1: 2006.
0: 2006. Mm -hmm. How was that transition? Because obviously around that age, you're starting to become a little bit more conscious and aware of everything that's going on. So um, how was that leaving, obviously your home country. That's probably kind of like not a traumatic experience, but it's a big event that's happening in your life.
1: It was definitely weird. Um, I didn't know what I was getting into cause just, you know, we said we were leaving, we were leaving. Um, and then when I came here, I didn't know the language. I didn't know the culture. I was, I was always a weird kid in school. Um, it was kind of funny. Actually, my only first friend was this, um, kid that lived in our apartment building and he taught me English just because he would always talk to me, and I would kind of just show him on my hands like what I was, you know, trying to get across. Um, and that was my first friend, and I don't know where he is now. I should probably find him. <laughs> um, so yeah.
0: Did you move specifically to like the East Coast first? Like yeah. you, you've always lived in this yeah. this area. Mm-hmm. Um, what were some of the differences that you you noticed, um, if at all? Obviously, it's a young age, so that you may have noticed even just like. As you've grown up, too, I could imagine maybe you've gone back.
1: No, I no. haven't back. No, okay, yeah. interesting.
0: Um, do you ever plan on going back to Belarus at some point? Do mm-hmm. you have family still out there? Yes, I do. Okay, that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, yeah, but some of the differences that you might have seen, whether it's culturally or just maybe early on in like the school systems or even just with other kids?
1: Um, I think the biggest shock for me was the food. Um,
0: Did you like it though? I-
1: um, so actually I did, did not eat anything when I first came here. I just hated the food so bad. I hated cheese. I hated pizza. Like pizza was <laughs> a big staple in school. Um, I was always used to my mom's cooking and that was different. Um, so whenever I would bring like food from home, I'd always get <laughs> made fun of <laughs> cause it smelled bad or whatever. <laughs> um, but that kind of threw me off a little bit for a few years where I was just like really shy to eat around people. So I don't know. That was definitely a big thing. Another big thing was the family dynamic. There's, we're really focused on like family dynamic and like living with your parents for like, you know, until you get married and having your parents live with you until they die. So that was definitely not like something I saw here growing up. Like a lot of people will just like move out once they're 18 or 20 or 22, whatever it is. Um, So that was kind of a big one too.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about that. that. Because I've actually said that on this podcast before, Mm -hmm. it's like kind of like, like an fu to those people who like shame people that are over the age of 18 that still stay at home because mm-hmm. i've noticed like in other countries like it's normal like it's like it totally is. accepted which it makes fucking sense like to live with your family and like i always jokingly say it's like you guys not love your family like it's just <laughs> like like i understand everyone's family dynamics different especially in the united states but i'm like man like i i just don't understand like what's the rush to leave mm-hmm. like
1: and you're paying your own rent. You're basically working to survive. Yeah, it just so. yeah, it's
0: just like it was nice when I lived alone, like to have my own space, and it's definitely something I want. Mm-hmm. But like as I've gotten older, and like I had once I moved back, I moved back pre-pandemic, and obviously when the pandemic hits, like I was super grateful to be home and like to be kind of quarantined with my family, and it kind of like obviously like the beginning of the pandemic, everyone was so like kind of i'll use the word like holistic everyone cared about each other like everyone was like super like you gotta care about your family and friends and obviously like a few like months after everyone's kind of like back to like yeah fuck it but i've kind of definitely i'm a big family person so like i like hearing that you embody that too as well and like that's something you kind of hold and like that's kind of like your value as well because i mean then my name the carol connection that's kind of like the center of like the podcast and I've had a ton of family. Like my second episode was with my late grandfather and I literally got the quote that he said, take a chance from that podcast tattooed on me and I got a signature as well. And this family is so important to me. So I just don't understand the rush. Like it just, I like I get the independence aspect, but you're struggling for no reason. Exactly. And like, I just, I don't know. It's, it makes no sense. People shame it. It's like, Oh, you still live with your family. You're over the age of like 20 plus. It's like, it's like, I don't want to be at home, like not mm-hmm. necessarily, but like, if I don't have a significant other, I don't have kids, like, especially with this housing market, Jesus, like, exactly right. <laughs> like not worth so it.
1: expensive. Yeah.
0: So it's just like, it's crazy how people view that part of families and the dynamic between parents and like children. I, I wish it would change in our country, but I, I don't think it's going to change, especially with, especially with the divorce rate tanking, like, like more people not having kids. Like it's, it's going to be interesting the next few years where that goes, but I want to transition a little bit to kind of like your childhood, your upbringing, uh, as you've moved over to the United States, uh, did you find it kind of hard at first to like make friends with people? Cause is okay. there, was there a language barrier to it all?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So like I said, I did not speak any English. Like, I think I knew like three words. That was all the training I had before I came here it was dog, cat and home. <laughs> Um, Why specifically those words? I don't know. I think I had a tutor. Like, now that I kind of think about it, I had a tutor. And, like, I I guess that's all I picked up was dog, cat, and hole. But, yeah, so my first friend was this one, like, Indian kid who lived in my building. Um, And we were, like, inseparable for the time being that we lived there. And then during that time, we didn't, like, we didn't have phones or, like, Facebook or anything. So we lost connection. Um, But in school, yeah, it was really hard because... Like girls, I don't know why specifically, but girls like bullied me a lot, especially when I was like first starting to come in and my teacher, I remember she was the worst. She was just, I don't know what she had against me or is it because of the language barrier. But I feel like she always did things to like put me with those groups and like I was just had a really bad experience. Um, this one time, actually, I was really being really petty and like this girl was being mean. So when she went to sit down, I pulled the chair from under her and, like, she fell.
0: <laughs> I've done that before. I felt bad after. But I felt I was bad like... <laughs> after,
1: too. But it was kind of just, like, me rebelling out just because I I felt like I wasn't being, like, heard and, like, respected. Um, but then I ended up making friends with one of, like, one this one other boy um, in my class. And for some reason, the teacher would never let us, like, sit next to each other or, you know, whatever. So I always felt kind of alone, like, in those, like, for, for first few years. Um and then I ended up transferring schools and then I found kind of like my clique um just also immigrant kids who just didn't know any English
0: Was tra- when did you transfer uh, schools? It was a little I bit think, later.
1: Yeah, I think it was second grade, yeah.
0: Okay. Did, did you find that transition hard? Cuz I know some people find transitioning mm-hmm. schools at that point you've obviously moved to countries, so it may- maybe it was a little easy for you.
1: Yeah, it didn't really strike me as anything bad or, or
0: Yeah, so bad. then as like you start going through the grade schools, did you Play any sports or anything like that and did do any hobbies whether music or anything like that growing up
1: um yes i did cross country i did cheerleading um so i was really good friends with all those people from all my teams um and then in middle school i picked up basketball didn't really like that um and then in high school i kind of picked up other sports that were kind of like my vibe
0: did you find that playing the sports started to help you make friends more quickly and easier too
1: Yes. Yeah. Cause we always had this like same kind of lifestyle, you know, after school we go to practice and after practice we go home, have dinner, have like time with our family, do homework, go to bed. Um, with the friends that didn't do that, it was kind of different because they would want to like hang out right after school and like you have responsibilities. And also like in my family, I had a really big responsibility of helping my mom raise her kids. Well, my siblings and, um, So, I like, that was part of my life, like, a really big part, and still is. Um, I would go home, and I would have to, like, help around the house and, you know, do all of that.
0: Did you find that kind of playing that role to be difficult growing up, too? Because, like, being the oldest sibling, there comes some more responsibilities versus Mm -hmm. being a younger sibling. Um, I learned that, too. You're good. I learned that, too, um, with... So I have an older brother. Uh we share the same dad, uh, different moms. So he was really only on the weekends he'd come through. Mm-hmm. But being the oldest uh child for my mom and my dad um I was definitely kind of like a test dummy for a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and I was somewhat obviously had to be like a role model and like to to learn those things and to be there to be the older sibling to be the big brother for my younger brothers. Um did you find any maybe stress or anxiety with that feeling growing up at all?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, it was a big responsibility cause I always felt like I had to, you know, be a role model and I couldn't, you know, fuck up or anything like that. And when I did, I was like, Oh my God, like, what am I going to do now? Like I ruined it like this and that. So it was, it was definitely really hard, like mentally. Um, and I was also a test dummy, like you said. <laughs> so now that like, I saw, like now that I'm older, I saw these things. Um, I'm kind of like trying to turn around the dynamic and like really promote like more relaxed, you know, home where you don't have to be a role model for others. Like you, yes, you can be, um, but be true to yourself and then, you know, just be a good person and, you know, all of that, but you don't have to be like a certain way, like a certain, you know, sculpted out, like a sculpture almost, um, just be yourself and, you know, be a good person.
0: Yeah. And I think especially with the the content too, that you started posting on social media, that Mm -hmm. sets a good example, especially for your younger siblings, as well as People that just watch and want to get into what you're doing, and we'll get into that um fairly shortly, but as you start getting through, I actually want to know well, what was your favorite sport? Just curious about that
1: I uh, like throw uh, everything, uh, everything you, you played probably track, yeah, I love track. Why track? I really like the sprinting events in the hurdle events, so I think that was like the only time I could really do that. Um I also liked soccer, but you know it involved a lot of running, and I didn't really. Yeah. Like
0: I wish I did more track in high school. I was football all the way. I just, mm-hmm. I love, and I like to talk about sports specifically because it brings that whole like team building that, especially when we're younger, I would say getting kids involved in sports is so huge for especially, um, not only building friendships because a lot of people that I've had on the podcast, I played sports with, um, teamwork skills. It teaches kids to be a little bit less selfish. Yes, Um, you just need those those character building moments too, between winning and losing. Obviously nowadays it's kind of gone out the window, but like it's, you need those moments. Cause a lot of the, those moments that I had where we had like a bad game, where we got our ass kicked or something like that. Like, and we got our ass chewed out by coach. We're going to have to run laps and all that stuff. Like those are character building moments. And like, there's consequences to your actions. You play bad, you're going to have to sprint. You're going to have to run in practice the right. next day. You need to get better. So talking about sports is always so huge because I've started to notice a little bit of a trend with people who don't play sports, sometimes have a harder time, I'd say adjusting to making friends, and they're a little bit more introverted mm-hmm. in that aspect. But I mean, I'm a very introverted person. So, like, but having those experiences with like your entire team, I think are always super valuable. So, as you're progressing through your high school experience, come up to senior year, and everyone's favorite question you're looking towards college, all the other options. Um, what did you decide for yourself?
1: So I went to college, um, just like a lot of people did. Um, so I decided to go out of state, which was a really bad decision, (laughs) but I feel like, like the high school that I went to, everybody was going out of state, especially across the country, like, like way out there. I just went to Maine. Um, I went there for a year and I didn't like it at all. I just hated being away from home. Um just really I'm like a very like homebody like I love being at home around my family. Um and especially the food, the food was awful. It was like the same thing every single week. Um just not a lot of options really. Um So yeah, I decided to move back home and then I commuted to another college that was like 20 minutes away from my house. Um I finished my pre-medical degree And then I made so many friends there. I made so many great connections with professors and like just people in general. So that was a really good decision.
0: Why did you, did you feel, did you feel the pressure to like, kind of like, I know I've had a lot of people come on too. And when they were looking at college that they almost felt like there wasn't other options. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if your high school kind of like did the same as well. Cause I know my, my high school was definitely like a, a college prep type of high school. Did you kind of experience something similar?
1: Yeah. Definitely college prep, like go to college. I mean, I knew there were other options, but I knew I've always wanted to be a doctor, um, just to know what kind or anything like that. So that was always my goal is to like go to med school, like whatever, whatever I have to do, I'll do it to, you know, get there. Do
0: you know that like in, early, like at an early yeah. age, you knew that? Yeah. Like, why specifically that? I
1: don't know. I think, well, okay. So when I lived in Belarus, I lived with my grandmother and my grandparents, or well, my grandpa and uh, my mom. My mom's mom, my grandmother, she was a nurse and she worked all the time and she would always come home and like tell us stories about like all these things that she like saw during the night or during the day and how she helped like this person, and that person and like how they were like near death and like she was there for them. And I think I was really inspired by that.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I mean, the act of helping people is so powerful. I Mm -hmm. mean, if you can find ways in your life to help others, I can guarantee it's going to make your life better as well. So like a career like that makes a lot of sense. And even with what you do now, it kind of makes a lot of sense how it, it translated into what you're doing now. So I want to talk about too, a little bit, how you mentioned you kind of had like a, a career shift in, in college of kind of like where you want to go. Um, what was kind of like the deciding factor of how you're going to change like kind of career paths of like your trajectory?
1: Um, so this was about, um, this was actually right around COVID, like what, right when the quarantine happened, it was my junior year, the spring of my junior year and just everything like abruptly changed. Um, like I always knew, like I always had a plan, like I'm a very big planner. Like I always plan my time, like my day and you know, my career obviously. Um, so it was really like a big, like ego killer almost, um, that like, not everything is always going to go as planned. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to go home and I had to like, you know, like learn science basically from home and that was really hard and like trying to do labs and finish junior year. And then during that time we were also getting ready to do our, um, senior proposals. So like our senior science project basically. Um, so that kind of just, just shocked me really. And I felt like I wasn't being supported enough just from zoom, like for my professors and they were doing the best they could with everything. Um, it's just for me, like I didn't feel supported. So, and then just with everything else going out with like politics and everything in the news, I had a really big like mind shift. Um, so it definitely opened up like another perspective in life.
0: Yeah. And that's honestly really awesome to hear that it kind of created this shift. Cause I always talk, I've talked to a bunch of people about holistic type healing. Mm-hmm. And I always mentioned that I wish that our country would incorporate more of like I guess it's weird how they say like the older Eastern medicine types like uh, practices and then obviously of Western medicine. And I wish that we could come bring a lot of that stuff in because a lot of that stuff has value. It does. Yeah. And we kind of forgot about it over time because obviously pharmaceuticals become a huge industry and that pushes a lot of the stuff that we do. Um, so it's cool to hear that, that kind of, and a, a lot of people had this kind of mind shift too with the pandemic that kind of changed like where they're going to with their career. And even myself, I had to learn how to do a podcast when people mm-hmm. don't want to come and work around that. And I had to take time off from doing it for a while. And there was a lot of hurdles that I had to like jump over almost. And even with work, I was at my, I work in like the accounting finance uh, realm and I was maybe two, three months on the job. Like I didn't really have a lot of time on the job. And it's funny now, like I barely go in the office and like how the mindset has shifted be before pandemic. It's like, oh, you got got to be in the office. You got to do your job in the office. Like that was like the hard set. And now it's like, you can do your job anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice because even tying back to what we talked about with family, I got to spend way more time with family. And like that kind of mind shift was like, I want this, like I want more balance in my life to not be so spend so much time going to the office, driving to work, getting ready, driving home, like it's kind of soul sucking. Mm-hmm. And I knew that going into what I was doing, like, especially the years that I spent, I even told you about the story with Georgia, Brian, yeah. I always talk about on the podcast and being in that environment was just so toxic and you just kind of get sucked into it and society tells you to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. So it becomes it
1: respected to
0: do Yeah. That. It's like yeah. respected to push through these things and overcome adversity. And I, I think there's value in that. But what isn't talked about is this mental health aspect mm-hmm. is when is enough enough? And I'm glad for yourself that you were able to kind of have this mind shift and like make a decision for yourself that is benefiting you and doing something you actually want to do. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people will end up in careers they don't like for years and years and years. and it's unfortunate that a lot of people get sucked into that, that negativity of the workforce. And right. I wish that more people would incorporate the mindset that you have, or that I have in the aspect of just kind of being more open to looking at these other options and in, in career aspect. I want to start transitioning a little bit into your career a little bit more and kind of, as we talked about this transition, were you always kind of interested in like this fitness aspect? Was it always kind of like a part of your life?
1: Well, fitness was always kind of a part of my life just because through sports, um, I was always very, you know, active. I always loved going outside and running outside, like especially when we didn't have phones or anything like that. Everybody was outside running, um, making friends like that. Um, so once um, I left high school, I didn't play a college sport. So I was like, what am I going to do now? I was actually a little bit depressed, like the first like year I was away because I didn't know what I was going to do. I was always very active and I You know, I didn't have an outlet to kind of let out my anger and um, my stress out. So I was just kind of keeping inside. And then um, the weekends that I would go home, I'd always like work out with my friends from home. And that helped me a lot, kind of to get me through the week, but that wasn't enough. I needed something every day. Um, And we did have a gym back um, at school, but I just didn't really, I didn't really like it. I didn't really have a lot of friends there either. Um, So yeah, now that I think with the pandemic too, I started to really like get into it. I started to get like serious about it, consistent all the time, like learning about different workouts I can do. And after that came nutrition and then kind of just stuck.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the importance of fitness, especially with what you do. Um, How do you, and I like your page in this aspect of like, you really post a lot of informational stuff and, we can kind of dive into this like more now is this holistic healing type of uh, practice. Um, Kind of, would you kind of tell people a little bit about this in case they don't know about like holistic side of like medicine?
1: So basically holistic is just based on like the entire body, body, mind, and spirit, like physical body, mind, and spirit. Um, So whatever happens to your body is happening to your mind and to your spirit. And they are all interconnected and they all affect each other. And I think that's not something that's really discussed in the like allopathic world, which I mean allopathic is just like your regular doctor. Um, basically, you come to them, you say you have a symptom, and they say, great, here's some medication for that symptom, and then you're on your way. With holistic, it's more of like you have this symptom. Well, let's talk about why. Let's talk about like where it came from, when it came. Um, what, is it connected to an organ or another organ system? So everything basically in your body is connected either physically or energetically or spiritually. So when you heal like one part of yourself, you heal another part of yourself. So um, even things like um, if your liver is suffering, it's probably something to do with your emotion of anger, that you're not letting out your anger enough. Or, And it doesn't have to be like screaming or yelling. It's just something like resentment maybe or just a fight that you have with someone that you're just like keep like rehashing and rehashing it. So this is something where like therapy comes in like really well. Um, to get out your emotions, and that can actually heal other parts of your body, like you know your liver and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, especially as someone who is been in the mental health, sp- I've noticed with therapy that a lot of things in my life started to change, like my attitude, my actual physical mm-hmm. health. Like when you and I love talking about my experience with therapy, and I haven't done it in the last couple episodes, which is surprising. But especially for a lot of men, we don't use this outlet for ourselves and I want to be kind of like not spokesman for it but like I want to bring it up more and have Mm -hmm. these conversations and because people think therapy and they think something's wrong with you Mm -hmm. and I always say like something doesn't have to be necessarily wrong with you to go to therapy because it's just sometimes nice to have someone that's gonna listen to you just to
1: talk to someone and get it out
0: exactly and like they're A professional, licensed person who actually will give you advice on that and how to like work with that, and you gotta put in the work with therapy. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will look at therapy as just something that they need to do, and it's like a kind of like a checklist item. But it's like no, like you gotta go in therapy with like an objective, like what am I looking to get out of this? Mm -hmm. And it kind of goes to what you said—you're really into planning, and I always say planning is so essential to everything you do in life because so many people. We'll just move through life, going with the flow, and never really end up anywhere. And there is value in the mindset of just go with the flow, just kind of go with the process, but it also can kind of lock you into a certain place because you become so carefree that you don't care about anything and you don't have any goals or values or driven to, towards anything. And This is just not even for like your career.
1: Yeah, it goes this is for
0: everything, family relationships, relation, romantic relationships, work relationships, like everything, your life, your body. Like if you don't have a plan with something, man, you're going to fucking, you're going to fail. Like you're just going to like, I can imagine for yourself when you were looking to step into kind of what you're doing with social media, you kind of had to figure out some type of plan on how you're going to do this. Right. And how did you kind of enter this kind of like this fear with like, especially with TikTok being a thing and obviously Instagram being a huge proponent of promoting yourself on social media, how did you kind of coach yourself into like stepping into this space?
1: Oh boy. Um, so actually my Instagram started with, um, like during COVID, um, I basically just posted like fitness stuff and I didn't tell anybody about it. Um, it was just kind of like my own diary just to like see what my progress and like post the food and whatnot. And then slowly as I started to get into more holistic, I started to post more holistic stuff, but I still it just, you know, you would look at it and you just didn't know what was going on. Like it was, it was, yeah, health related, but it didn't really have like a specific like point, I guess, to where you were going with it. Um, and then once I started to really like get into it, I started to research like just people who like made it and like really made it look good and post like good information kind of just like either talk to them. I try to like DM them and say like, Hey, like if you have any advice, like I would love to chat. And some people do, they they're very open. Like, Hey, like, yeah, we can, you know, do like a 10 minute call. Um, and I'm really grateful for those people cause they're really like sharing their, um, experiences. Um, and then I finally found like, I guess my niche, which is holistic, like holistic um, nutrition and just like talking about things that are really bad for a body and kind of like putting their information out there. But I also wanted to make it like fun, entertaining. So it's not like you're just like reading like a scientific article and it's taking you forever. So I stuck with like the little like snippets, which so is like, you know, like a hook basically. And then I kind of like dis- um, described what I wanted to in the comments. Um, and then like the reels and stuff that was really hard. Cause I hate like putting myself out there. I never was one to like, you know, put myself out there like that. Um, but I kind of just, I don't know. I just did it.
0: Like, I mean, now look, like, you're on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. like, so like it's cause like I, when I first saw your page and I started, cause I, I always, I, I see everything on social media. I watch everything. And mm-hmm. part of it is like, I'm looking, always looking for more guests. And as I saw your page started to like, slowly, I saw what you were doing mm-hmm. and It kind of reminded me of like what I was doing when I first started. And I try my best when I see someone doing something on social media to give them my advice of what I've learned from what I was doing. So when I saw you started doing your reels and posting more and I was like, well, you should try this and try this. Mm -hmm. And because it's just stuff that I've learned that. And
1: it helped. Yeah. And and
0: I'm glad that you were able to, to find some value in that because I try to like give my perspective, obviously, like. My, a lot of my advice for social media has come from TikTok, and Instagram is a hard place to grow any, any, any time, any, with any type of content in general. But a lot of stuff I learned from TikTok I've learned to apply to Instagram mm-hmm. and it's hard being like a content creator because I mean, that's essentially what we are when we're on social media is we're creating content. Um, we talked a little bit about this, like the hurdle of kind of getting over the fear of posting yourself. Um, was there any kind of things that you had to do or was it just consistently but posting more that was kind of the, the way to get over that fear?
1: Well, so it took me a while to really get on TikTok. I had, I opened my account, I think back in like December and I was just, I did not touch it. Like I, it was just sitting there and I couldn't even like, I couldn't even like scroll. I was just like so scared to even like connect because I thought people would find me and they started making fun of me and I already kind of got through that hurdle with Instagram because Instagram came first. Um, So I just, on Instagram, I started to kind of experiment. I posted like longer posts and I saw that they weren't doing well. So I decided to go shorter. And then I found like a good theme that I, and it's working. Like people like it, people share it. And that's awesome. And then on TikTok, I was just, I hated showing my face. That was like part of it is like, I couldn't hide behind just like a theme and like a, you know, a cute sentence. Um, So I had to like really put myself out there. And one day I was just, oh, okay. So this is where it came from. So every month in my journal, I put like 10 goals for the month that, you know, I want to accomplish. Most of the time I do, sometimes I don't, that's fine. Um, but one day I just sat down and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Like, so I set a goal. I said, I'm going to post three times a day, like whatever it is, but like related to my niche and like, whatever happens, happens. Like, if if everybody hates me, which probably won't happen, like, realistically, I'm just, like, scaring myself that it will. It probably won't. And if it does, I'll just delete it. Like, what's the worst that's, that can happen? And if I do, maybe at least one person will hear me, and I'll help at least one person, and that'll be, you know, good enough for me. And then I just started doing that, and people loved the stuff. Like, I was pretty surprised. Um, I'm still around, like, 600 followers, which is not a lot, but I have a very low loyal Following base, which is awesome. I made so many friends. Um, and they con they're very supportive. They're even more supportive than like people I know in person. It's funny how that works. Yeah, I, right.
0: <laughs> I've noticed that and I, I've I said all the time is when you get into the space of content, um, a lot of the time the people that are gonna support you are not your family and your friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta think about it realistically too. Uh, and I kind of came to this realization is like when you're posting the content that you do yours more holistic, mine's more mental health that you're not posting it for your family and friends. If some of them like it, they'll gravitate towards it. But like you said, you got to find the niche.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think a lot of people struggle with that in the aspect of finding their niche, because it is hard to identify like what you're trying to accomplish with content mm-hmm. because there's no real like script to this. Like you got to just kind of figure it out. Right. And obviously you look at other creators and you get advice from them, you could get inspiration from them. But at the end of the day, you got to be yourself too. And that was something I had to like kind of figure out with this podcast early on. If I go back to my first like 10, 15 episodes, I'm like, damn, I sound like an idiot. But it's like you learn from that. Like, you, like I have a formula now, I have a very consistent, like, layout and like I even laid it out to you beforehand like we have bullet points of stuff that we talk about mm-hmm. but it's a conversation in general like none of this is really scripted mm-hmm. so like that was always my my go to with the conversation was make it real make it authentic make it something like we would talk about off there and obviously we keep personal stuff off the podcast and like we be a little bit more professional and polished obviously in the recording but like the 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 material really doesn't change mm-hmm. and I think people resonate with that. And I've noticed that a lot of people will, will start to support you the more that you do it. Mm -hmm. And now that I've been like two plus years at this, like I can get guests easily. Like at first it's like, well, what do you do? Like, what is this? And that's always the, the initial hurdle is like beginning to post like kind of what you said, because I had a fear and I kind of got pushed into it. So like when I first did the podcast, I'm like, I don't know if I've ever told this story, but I was working at my old job, uh, Zeke's Custom Auto. Shout out them. Uh, I was changing wheels and tires again when I just got back from uh, Georgia. And I was making the podcast. I wanted to have three episodes recorded before I did anything and then post that. And they're like, just post it. You got two episodes already. Just post it. I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. And I like slowly sneaked out like an intro, but I didn't post it anywhere. Mm -hmm. And then one of my buddies shared it on social media. I was like, shit. Like... (laughs) I was like, all right, everyone's
1: going to know. I'm like, all right,
0: I just got to do this now. So, like, I just started doing it. And it probably shocked some people that I was doing it. I mean, tell people you're doing a podcast. I mean, nowadays, a straight white man doing a podcast is like (laughs) the stereotype. And uh, shout out Ever Changing Vibe. I was on their podcast last night, should come out in a couple of weeks. Uh, Talked about something similar to this, but it's breaking that stereotype of being another person with the podcast. And I wanted to talk about stuff that mattered. So, we got into this space with obviously holistic healing talk a little bit about the mind what are some of the stuff that you talk about for like the mental health aspect that you could kind of like maybe some tips and stuff that you you've learned throughout your journey that people could probably get some value from
1: um i think definitely finding time for yourself just to be alone because i feel like we're very especially people who work you know 9 to 5 um They're constantly surrounded by other people and other expectations and just, you know, society expectations. So people rarely like find time to just be alone and like think for yourself and just, you know, kind of dive in and like feel like meditation comes into this. So I first uh, um, picked up meditation around like COVID as well. That was like when everything changed for me. Um, I started to do a lot of yoga and then at the end I would always meditate. And that kind of helped me a lot, like figure out like who I am not like what you know my friends think I am or what my family thinks I am like who I am truly on the inside like the good the bad the ugly whatever um so definitely just like take the time to like really like find who you are um some people do this through journaling journaling also helps just just write down anything really like take like 10 minutes and just don't pick up the pen and just go off and like whatever spills out spills out And through that way, you'll see like where your weaknesses are, where your strengths are, and then you'll find your values and like, I don't know, kind of just all like comes together at the end. So that's really good.
0: I also picked up uh, meditation and journaling like Mm kind of during COVID. I've I've definitely slacked. I can't even lie to y'all. Like I've definitely not been journaling and meditating like I used to. Mm -hmm. But learning the skills were essential. Yeah. Especially when I was going through stuff emotionally, like I told you about, I always talk about on the podcast, the situation still st- can't speak situationship that I went through and how emotional that was for me to kind of learn how to express my emotions in a more healthier manner. And the meditation was a great tool for that because mm-hmm. for me, what I, what my meditation was, was I would literally just like, kind of like go outside make sure I'm in the sun or something preferably. But if I can't, find a nice space in my room where I try to not meditate in my room. Cause I just this, is kind of this weird barrier with me for some reason. I just don't mm-hmm. like to do it in my room sometimes, but preferably outside. If I can get by a body of water, it's always yeah. my favorite. And I like playing some type of like like music behind it. Like, or I'll look on YouTube. I'll just look up meditation, like hurts or mm-hmm. like looking for a specific hurts. And I'll just play that and like close my eyes and just put everything away and just listen and just, My mantra, I haven't done it for so long. I should probably do this. It was uh, because I always picture this one spot. And it was, I went to New Hampshire for hiking when I got back from Georgia. And this, I have it on Snapchat somewhere uh, in the memories. But this is a river. It was like fall time, all leaves. Mm -hmm. And we stopped there. And I remember just sitting there, looking at the water, watching the leaves go down the water. So when I meditate, I put myself there. And I go, I think it was in in with the in with nature, out by the river. And like I just kind of would like constantly like picture that. And I did this practice with my therapist once. And a lot of the stuff that she taught me, I was already doing and like I didn't realize it. And she would we did this exercise where you'd put yourself kinda by a river and when you think of a thought when it would come in, because obviously you're meditating, you're gonna have thoughts come in and out. that's oh just part God, of meditation. Yeah. And you take the thought and you allow it to be there. Then when you're done with it, you place on a leaf and let it go by the river.
1: That's a really good one. Yeah. My therapist actually told me one time to like, think of it as a train and you're standing and just watching the train go by. Like, just let it go by. Like, don't get into that train because you just want to sit there in silence and just, you know, appreciate the silence of it.
0: Yeah. It's because like, you're going to (laughs) like, i have those moments of silence, but a thought's always going to come in. Like that's that's part of the meditation because people are like, I just can't meditate. I can't do it. You got to practice, obviously. Right. And, like, it's not just going to happen. Cause like. You start
1: small. You don't have to do like 20, 30 minutes yes. immediately.
0: Like I would, if, like my routine was like, if I can get 10 minutes a day, golden. But, like yeah. sometimes I just, I, I'll i learn how to like use the practices and do like a mini meditation with like maybe a couple minutes, like just breathe, just like a breathing exercise is So valuable. Um, i want I want to know somebody like you mentioned a little bit like your meditation style. It's like there's obviously so many different ones, but are there some that have worked better for you than others?
1: Um, I try not to go by like a specific one. I kind of just see yeah, what's what your thing yeah. in the moment um so basically, I just sit down and I just kind of like think about if it's in the morning then i I'll, I'll just do like a little bit of gratitude. I'll say like thank you for this, thank you for that, and whoever it's the universe or it's God, like whatever you believe in. Um, just say some gratitude, things you're grateful for. And then, um, usually I'll do like a moment where I'll just think about everything else that I'm stressed about in my life. And I'll just mentally try to let it go, just picture it leaving. And then usually if I'm doing this outside, I'll try to you know focus on nature sounds, if it's birds or like the wind or whatever it is, and just like be in my body, just be present. Um, I try to do this lying down. Um, this also helps if you do, um, like hip stretching exercises beforehand because mm. that's a good way to like release a lot of trauma and emotion. Yeah. So once you do that first and then you go into the meditation, it's a good way to just like get like, let everything loose.
0: Do like hip like thrust exercises with like in the gym too. Like at those, like would you say those are beneficial too in that aspect um, or is that it's different?
1: I feel like that's a little bit different. Okay. I'm talking more of like yoga, like okay, yoga okay, exercises. Okay. You can even just sit in like a butterfly. That's that'll be good. Um, so that's a really helpful way of doing things.
0: Yeah, I definitely, We'll sit and kind of like uh, crisscross applesauce, they say, mm-hmm. and just like sit and just like try to keep it straight back as best I can. And like,
1: yeah, be aware of yourself and yeah. breathing, breathing exercises really help like do a really controlled like in and out. Um, I do like the six, four, six method. I think that's what it is. So you breathe know, in for but... six and then you hold for four, and then you breathe out for six. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. So I actually used to struggle with insomnia a lot. Like I could not fall asleep to like save my life. Um, and then I found that meditating right before bed, like, it's just, like works like magic Like doing the breathing exercises.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. And like, it was, I don't know if my therapist taught me this one or, um, but it was like feeling, yeah, I think it was my therapist. It's like feeling everything in your body, like the sensations, like you're like your focus and it helps you get into that, that meditation trance almost mm-hmm. is like, like you don't move the muscles, but you feel them. Cause so like you, yeah. you could feel like, it's so weird how you could do this like I don't even know if I'm explaining it right but like, you feel your feet and you feel like your shins like your calves
1: yeah go up to your thigh mm-hmm. you
0: go all the way up to your body to your head like you feel your ears like without thinking like I'm like concentrating on my ears and like you feel the ears and it's like doing that and then it builds like because it takes the focus off the thoughts and it mm-hmm. focuses on the body and then once you get into that then you can work more on the breathing and then it like, gets you more closer towards that meditation state I forget it might have been a book. I think it was a book, actually. I can get back into reading. That's one thing. I, I, like, I was doing so good until like, I like to read more in like the summertime, like when it's nice yeah. outside. I just mm-hmm. prefer to be outside and reading a book. I'm in the midst of uh, Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene. Oh, yeah? So okay. I'm almost done with that. Let
1: I me mean, know how that is.
0: Yeah, I honestly I love it. A lot of the stuff that we talk off podcast, a lot of the stuff that- those principles that we kind of believe in relate in that book, okay. and like it, it taught it, it's human nature. Like it's it's the kind of just like the biology and stuff behind like the thought process, and it's really like because I know the controversial book is that he's written. I think it's the uh, Forty Eight Laws of Power. Oh yeah, and some people say it's a controversial book, and because it teaches certain aspects of yeah. power power dynamics. But
1: I think it was banned in like some prisons too. Yeah, heard about that. Like
0: so. This book's a little bit different. I also, I love Jordan Peterson. I I need to read his next book is Beyond uh, the 12 Rules of Life. Mm-hmm. Um, love the way he writes, just like as a psychologist. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's, I'm saying the right thing. But I love the way he puts things. He'll paint like, he'll take like a scenario. I know this one that's like it's like a hermit crab and like the way they do dominance and mating strategies and then he relates it to like humans and like, he just tells the story and then breaks it down in like mm-hmm. the actual um, psychological aspect of it, which is like always super helpful to get a picture of something and then have someone explain it. Right. So I, I love reading. I always highly recommend it. Any books that you would recommend that you may have read or
1: been reading? The 12, the one that you mentioned. 12
0: Rules of Life. Yeah, I yeah, got yeah.
1: that one. Still have to read it.
0: Yeah, that's something I, I, I Reading is like something I've kind of gotten into more recently.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I never
0: was like a a big reader. <laughs> that's that's my uh unfortunate downfall. But like as mm-hmm. I've started to get into more like the space that I'm in, I've realized the value of reading books because obviously I think knowledge is power. So mm-hmm. the more you know, the better you are. So reading these different aspects, especially with my podcast, brings up talking points and a lot of the stuff that I'm reading in the laws of human nature, is stuff that I do. Mm-hmm. And like, it's stuff that I've already implemented in my life. And it breaks down of like analyzing people, like, and especially doing a podcast. Um, and one of the cool ones that I talk about is like, mimicking people mm-hmm. people will do that and like it's a way to like elicit like different responses and like it's like like the well, way you're crossing i could go like that and like it, it can make certain people more comfortable and like it's it's, it's so you're interesting of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just so interesting that like i'm just pointing it out as like an example of yeah. like what they say and like you don't overtly like, say it but like you just do it like casually and right. like you make little like movements towards it and it's so interesting how like things like that can like open up different aspects of people's like emotions and like comfort comfortability and it's it's interesting read I would definitely recommend it I'm Mm -hmm. definitely getting I think I'm in like chapter 14 it's like a 500 paid book it's a big one so definitely would recommend that um I want to talk about with more with the social media aspect too um I'm curious to the the layout that you have did you get that from someone like did someone recommend that to you because I personally I love like Instagram aesthetics. So like I mm-hmm. take, Me I take, I, I love that. So is, did you learn that from someone or did no. you just kind of do that yourself?
1: That was just like one of the things I experimented with. So before I thought I was just going to do like every single slide would be the same. Like, so it was just, you come to my page and it's just like a white and gray like aesthetic, I guess. Um, so now I do um, like a blank page and then I do a real and then like a infographic and then a reel and then so it looks pretty
0: yeah I like that and you're like you're showing your face too yeah, which I think exactly. is like
1: and I'm incorporating reels too so it kind of just all worked out really well
0: yeah where do you get like a lot of the information from is this stuff that you've just learned throughout yeah, the years oh, yeah. Okay, cool mm-hmm. and like are you so you're currently still you're a student currently correct yes um how has that been like and what is kind of like the trajectory of like where you're going with this what you're looking towards like after school
1: okay so I'm um, I'm supposed to be finishing up my holistic health um certificate in November, I think. And then after that I'm going into naturopathy and that's like a 4 month course and then I'm what, done.
0: What what is that? Like what's So that? that's
1: basically just um like a really good holistic health Okay, I just wasn't trying
0: the word. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um so they basically do like everything they do um exams, like body exams, they can take um urine samples, saliva samples, stuff like that so we don't do any blood work. That's like, we, we consider that to be like an invasive method and we don't do invasive. Um, the most we'll do is like urine and saliva. And that tells us a lot about what's going on in the body. But anyways, um, after school, I'm hoping to open up my own like clinic and hopefully, you know, in like maybe 10 years or so, like expanded and like make it into like a big business. So Heavenly. We'll see
0: not like franchise, but like multiple different places, basically, yeah, kind of what or you're like
1: invite like massage therapists and like chiropractors. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so making
0: like a whole experience out yes. of it too. So you have multiple different people to, right. to provide a service to as well. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's definitely, I yeah. think that's definitely needed in society. Um, I don't know if off the top of my head too many like holistic, like places you could go. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that you've seen too in like, as you started to get more into like medicine in general, like like, there's not that many, like, holistic yeah. centers.
1: I would agree. Um, I think with COVID and everything going on, a lot more people are, like, opening up to it, up to this. Um, But there's not a lot of, like, professionals out there. So there's a lot of information on the internet, but not all of it's true. And there's a big stigma around this whole thing of being, like, you know, like, crunchy Facebook moms, like, talking about essential oils and whatnot. And, I mean, they do have some great information of, like, what worked for them, but a lot of it is not um, – They don't talk a lot about like safety precautions because even with herbs and essential oils, they can they can be deadly if you use them wrong, um, just like with any other medicine. Um, So people don't so people really need to like learn how to use them and they would need to learn that from like people who have experience and knowledge to do so. So I really want to be like that advocate, at least on the Internet for at least, you know, whoever people that follow me. Um, to like really talk about like the safety aspect of it too, because you can't just like go in and like head first and like take all the essential oils and, you know, um, so yeah. So I think a lot of people are like really opening up to this, um, and trying to find answers because just like our healthcare system is not really for the people. I would say, Mm -hmm. um, I've had like terrible traumatic experiences in the medical system, which kind of also like pushed me to do all of this. Um, it's almost like you're treated as like a item on a conveyor belt, You know, that you come in, doctor doesn't even look you in the eye. What's wrong? Oh, I'm having this symptom and like this and that. Here's some medicine. Come back in two weeks if it gets worse. And, you know, you're on your way, basically. I mean, that doesn't go for everybody. Um, I actually posted a TikTok a couple of days ago and some like girl like went off on me about like saying that because like not all doctors are bad. And I agree. Like some doctors are great. They really focus on, you know, healing the entire person, not just, you know, symptoms or like putting you under the knife and like sending you home with medication. Um, but most do, and that's not a them problem. That's more of like a society problem and like the whole like system. It's not, they go to school for this and they're good at what they do. They're good at performing surgeries and life saving procedures and whatnot, but they're not, they don't really do like the whole like healing the entire body and they don't really look at root causes. And that's really important when you talk to somebody. And even just like hearing their story, like some people just want to be heard. They just want to go to someone who will hear them and like respect them and look them in the eye at least and just kind of be there for them. Yeah, it makes I, I wanna
0: say, um, one of my episodes with uh Mike Bozak, he's very into the holistic healing as well. And I wanna say he made a similar reference of like this conveyor belt type mm. of um med, medical system that we have right now. And it it makes a lot of sense. I mean, at the end of the day, um everything's a business. Yeah, so like exactly. we live in a capital capitalistic society. So everything is through money first. So the more patients you see, the more money you get. So, I mean, that's a lot of, unfortunately the motivation for a lot of doctors. I mean, you go to school, you you get that much debt. You, you want to make all that money back. So, I mean, it's kind of like a, it's a double-edged sword with, with modern medicine, the way, the way the system is set up. Like, Obviously, you want your doctors to be educated. Yes. Like, need that. The price that we place on it, though, becomes like...
1: So really? An, like a exactly iffy
0: conversation it. because, like, it's like you're putting these doctors in amounts of debt and you're not placing the priority so much on, for some of them, maybe not on the actual health of their patients, but on earning the money back to pay off the debt they just incurred. Exactly. So it's a very difficult system that we're navigating. I like the fact that you're going down this path that you are. I've definitely liked this conversation. It's definitely been something of value to, especially with the stuff that I talk about, with mental health and, and all those amazing things. Uh, we are wrapping up on this podcast. Um, I do have one more question for you and you know what it is. Um, is there anything specific aside from that question that you need to say or you want to bring up? What do you mean? Is there anything that you wanted to like say or bring up before we get to that question? No, I
1: think. Okay. Yeah, okay. Covered everything. Cool.
0: So the last question that I have for you is, what would your advice be to someone who wants to pursue their passion?
1: I think living life without regret is like a big one. Um, Personally, one of my biggest fears is being, you know, 80 or 90 years old and looking back at my life and saying like, oh, I wish I had done that. I wish I didn't do this or I wish I, you know, maybe I could have done that and I do not want to do that. Um, I feel like even now that I'm 23, um, there's still some parts of me that like, I I wish I did that or I wish I did that. And it's like the worst feeling in the world is like thinking that you could have done something um, that could have been like so true to you and like would have made like everything amazing for you in your life. Um, But you just were too scared because of what someone else thought or um, just anything else really. Um, So just really like find out what you want to do. And just do it.
0: <laughs> I think that's a perfect way to wrap up the podcast. Change the camera real quick to make sure we don't catch everything in the last part. Appreciate you for coming on the podcast. Thank appreciate you for making the ride out here. This has been an awesome time meeting you and hearing about your life story. So I appreciate that.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Perfect. So you guys on the podcast, if you like the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. You can check it out. The uh, carolconnection.simplecast.com. Also available Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the major listening platforms, as well as YouTube. So check it out. The video is sometimes fun to watch as well. So until next time, guys, peace.